For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland, I'm Dana Lake. I'm your the host for the hour, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro, and we try to bring you a lot of really good information that you can use. Now, the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. Now, we have a very exciting guest, Dr. Victoria Dunkley who is a child psychiatrist, and her expertise is electronic screen syndrome. So we'll be talking about that. Our subject is the overstimulated child, the impact of screen time on mood, focus, sleep, and behavior. Now, a little bit of background on Dr. Dunkley. She's an award-winning integrative child psychiatrist, author, speaker, and activist, And she is nationally recognized as an expert on the impact of screen time on brain health and development. And she coined the term electric screen syndrome. So let's let's talk to Dr. Victoria Dunkley. First of all, Dr. Dunkley, tell us a little more about your background and then let's get rolling on your subject. Sure. So um, I started to get interested in this area of the impact of screen time on mental health uh, when I first finished my training in the early 2000s, and I was working with a lot of kids in foster care and group homes, and all of them had backgrounds of trauma, and they were very sensitive to stress, so they'd go into fight or flight very easily. And I noticed with those kids, if they played video games, um, even just a little bit, and some of these kids lived on site, so we could, you know, actually see what was happening, that they would become very reactive and more aggressive and have meltdowns. Um, and it just was so obvious. So in one of the, one of the places I worked, we, they agreed to just remove the video games and lo and behold, we saw a 30% reduction in, in behavior incidents within a month. So I started kind of implementing the same intervention with my, some of my other patients who in my private practice that just had ADHD or anxiety or bipolar disorder but not necessarily history of, history of trauma. And I noticed that they would all get better no matter what their diagnosis was. So I, I started to kind of formulate this idea that uh, the video games are really stressing the nervous system and not allowing the child to be in a relaxed state. So that's kind of how it started, and, and then it just grew from there. Your work is extremely important, and it's very timely, Uh Many of us think it's uh, we should have grabbed onto this earlier, this concept. So I'm very excited for the work that you're doing. How is your work being received as far as among other medical professionals? Among other medical professionals, it, it kind of is mixed. I think um, I would say just even in the last two years, people are a lot more receptive to the information. I think there's been a ton of research coming out over the last several years on 
um, you know, video game and internet addiction and the impacts of screen time on sleep and mood and depression and suicidality, all sorts of things. So I think that has been really helpful for my message because for many years I was talking about this and it, people didn't, you know, people were so shocked or in denial that anything was going on that it was very hard to talk to people about it. Um, but now I think people are, are much more receptive. So I think now it's it's more a matter of educating um, and there's not quite as much resistance. So, so of course, it's still, you know, it's a complicated issue. So there's still some resistance, you know, both with parents and with professionals. There's an old saying, uh, in front of every new idea are a hundred angry people appointed to guard the past. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and I, I know you've walked that walk in integrative medicine, as have I. Now, let's focus a little more on the brain and body and how they're affected by the electronics and what role the EMFs play in all of this. Sure. So every time a, a child picks up a device with a screen and interacts with that screen, there are numerous uh, physiological reactions that happen. So there's a, a lot of different things happen, but one way to kind of um, look at the overall effect is that it, it causes stress and puts the child into a state of fight or flight. So there's numerous ways that this happens. One is that the reward pathways get intensely activated so that releases dopamine and eventually those dopamine pathways get overstimulated and then desensitized so they just don't work as well. Then there's a lot of sensory input. Um, there's vivid colors, a rapid pace. So all of that the brain must process and that also raises arousal levels. Then there's the blue light. So um, all screens have a lot of blue and white tones in them inherently, and that mimics the sky and tells the brain that it's, it's daytime and time to be alert. Um, so we know that light from screens actually desynchronizes the body clock and it suppresses melatonin, which is our, the sleep signal. And melatonin affects other things as well, including inflammation and hormones. So once that goes off, it, it you know, can put the whole body out of whack. Um, and then there's other things like multitasking that also raise arousal levels. The interactivity itself raises arousal levels. So there's a lot of things going on that um, increase that fight-or-flight response. And it, So screen time really acts like a stimulant, exactly like a stimulant. Well, I'm um, thinking and then of we that. Have the, the, as, you're, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about the what I call the teeter-totter of the balance between calming neurotransmitters and excitatory neurotransmitters. And this jumps out at me as far as the increase in dopamine, sensory arousal. And there has to be a low GABA at that time, GABA being, as you know, uh, calming. And this certainly contributes to anxiety. Is anxiety part of your ESS? Absolutely, yes. So anytime you have those increase in those stress hormones and, and stress brain chemicals, you're going to have either anxiety or aggression. You know, it can present in different ways. Some kids are, are just hyperactive. Um, but definitely, especially with girls, we see more of the anxiety picture. And the anxiety itself can present in different ways, too. Um, so you mentioned GABA, and there's, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's happening with GABA. I don't know if there's exact research on screen time and GABA per se, 
But the, another interesting concept is that when the body clock goes up, gets out of whack and, then, and melatonin is suppressed, serotonin, which is the brain chemical that has to do with well-being and that kind of controls our anxiety, um, that gets suppressed. So, you know, we know there's multiple things going on with brain chemistry, with stress hormones, um, and all of those things affect the brain's blood flow and, and you know, causes electrical excitability in some areas that shouldn't be that stimulated. So there's just a lot of physiological reactions that go on. I've had some patients, uh, some children that develop tics or their tics mm -hmm. increased. And it's yes. very easy to pick that up. We have the parents video the children, and you can pick up those ticks. Uh, so yeah. that is more alarming to parents. It's something they can see. They can't see the brain. They can see the behavior. But the ticks really make the parents take notice. Exactly. That's a really, that's exactly one of the things when I first started, I was working with a lot of kids with ticks and Tourette's. And, 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 the, and those ticks are dopamine related. Yes. So it was very easy to see, you know, like you were saying, it's very easy to see for, that screen time increases it. And you can, sometimes it happens while they're playing. Sometimes it happens when you take it, you know, right after they're finished playing. Um, but yes, that was definitely one of the things that I, you know, saw early on. Um, and it's not often talked about, even amongst the tick specialists, but it's clearly a trigger. And, and ticks get much, much better when you when you go off screen completely. Yeah, it's very it's easy, mm -hmm. <laughs> easy to see that difference. And it, yes. it drives home what's sort of not visible to everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and the EMF, uh, EMF effects are not always so visible. So I, I did want you to tell us on electronic screen syndrome, is it different from video game or tech addiction? So it's probably on a spectrum. So, you know, I think some children can have these side effects or what I'm calling electronic screen syndrome, and they're not necessarily addicted. So I see quite a few families where the child, you know, plays um, definitely within the guidelines of the American Academy of Pediatrics of, you know, one to two hours a day for school-aged children, and, they, and they're still exhibiting symptoms, and we know that it's related because they go away once we take the child off the screen. So. Um, so, you know, all of these things can happen even if the child isn't addicted. But clearly, if the child is addicted, they're going to have, you know, they will all have electronic screen syndrome. So it's yes. kind of a warning sign, you know, if they are displaying electronic screen syndrome, that that child is at risk for becoming addicted. Yes, certainly. Um, so I think our, our listeners are learning a lot, and we're going to have much more of this discussion when we get to the next segment. Uh, I did have a quick question. The misdiagnosis of psychiatric disorders and the overuse of medication is part of this, isn't it? Yes, and that was one of the... Um the impetus for me to actually write the book was because I was seeing so many children who are being misdiagnosed frequently with things like ADHD and bipolar disorder because once the nervous system gets revved up, 
the child, you know, it becomes more agitated, it can be hyperactive, um, and they can't pay attention, they're disorganized, so it looks exactly like ADHD, and they also tend to have meltdowns, so it, it could look like childhood bipolar disorder. So, you know, both of those things, people medicate, especially bipolar disorder, there's some very heavy-duty medications people use in children, um, and those have their own problems in terms of, you know, short-term and long-term effects, and some of those are irreversible. So that was very concerning to me. And so I saw a lot of kids who didn't have any diagnosis at all once we took them off the screens. And I saw um, other kids who just got much better and didn't need as many medications or, you know, much lower doses. Certainly a good solution. And we'll carry this conversation forward. For those of you who've just tuned in with us, I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. You're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Please stay with us. We'll be right back after this brief break. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Pure Defense with NAC offers a unique blend of hypoallergenic nutrients and herbal extracts designed to support overall immune defense and upper respiratory health. The product features Epicor fermentate, elderberry, and N-acetyl L-cysteine, nutrients and flavonoids for enhancing first-line immune defense. Pure Defense with NAC can be found at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. 
And I want to remind you that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. They can give you expert advice and they do carry superior supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, today, we're very fortunate to be having this discussion with Dr. Victoria Dunkley, MD, who is a child psychiatrist with expertise in electronic screen syndrome. And our subject is the overstimulated child, the impact of screen time on mood, focus, sleep and behavior, and even more. So you've given us a good background in the first segment, and we were talking about EMFs as well. Uh, Do you want to expand on that part, Dr. Dunkley? Sure. So what we know is that, first of all, there's been you know, over 2,000 studies published on the bi- biological effects of electromagnetic fields. So when people say there's no research or we don't know yet, that's not true. There's, there's a ton of research. Um, but what we know about the nervous system is that it looks like it causes some of the same things that screen time itself causes. So we know that there's some studies showing it suppresses melatonin. There's some studies showing that there's an association with psychiatric disorders of people living near strong fields. Um, we know that there's an increase in the sympathetic tone, so the fight or flight system. So a lot of these things are probably synergistically happening with screen time itself as well as EMF. So it's not enough to just get rid of the EMFs, and it's not enough to just get rid of screen time. And some people might be more sensitive to one or the other. Um, but, you know, obviously if you get rid of screen time, you're also reducing your EMFs at the same time. And I'm also thinking of predisposition here. I I work with children who have ADHD and autism, and it, it is it is very interesting to observe how they can be ramped up so quickly by exposures to EMFs and you know increased screen time. Though many of the laptops and uh, the devices are used to help these children learn, especially those that are not verbal, the nonverbal children, they learn to use this uh, and, and they're exposed. So what? let's talk a little bit about some solutions. I know that I have glasses that are supposed to help protect the retina. We were lucky enough to talk to a speaker who uh, gave us the information. We're not blinking when we're looking at the mm-hmm. devices. Can you talk a little bit about solutions that people can use, and then we'll go back in to more of your good information? Sure. So, you know, one of the things is the blue light itself is really harmful. So there, you can put software on every device, phones, lap, you know, laptops, desktops, to filter some of that blue light. Um, a good website is Just Get Flux, and I think it's um, f.lux, or, um, .com, I'm not positive, or it's justgetflux.com. And that will filter out some of the blue light as the day goes on, and it also um, darkens the screen as the day goes on. I've found that to be really helpful, especially on my phone. And I can't sleep at all if I'm on my computer in the evening hours, and this has helped a little bit. But what we, what the research shows is that even when you filter out the blue light, 
the other light still suppresses melatonin. It's just not as bad. It's about half as bad. Good. <laughs> so, you answered um, my question. <laughs> it was going to be yeah, my so question. Really, I feel like that's really good for people to know because they think if they are, oh, if we're blocking that out, then they've solved their whole problem. Well, it's still an issue because the light, there's still light and all the content is still stimulating. So that can keep you awake too. Yes, content is, is a very important issue on this. So compare the interactive screen time, such as computer use or gaming. Is it more harmful than passive screen activities like watching TV and also content? Uh, That's my pet peeve, but I'd like your your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so one of the things, one of the traps that parents fall into is that they think that passive screen time is because the child's just sitting there and, you know, watching TV, they're being a couch potato, that that is much worse than if they're on the computer or playing a video game because at least, you know, they're using their brain. Um, but what I had, fa- had found in my practice was that kids who were doing the interactive screen time were much more symptomatic. Um, and now, finally, <laughs> in the last few years, there have been studies actually showing that that interactive screen time, because it's more stimulating, is more much more addicting. But also, there's studies showing that it causes more issues with cognition and um, sleep and mood regulation. So, like one of the interesting studies was um, showed that just 30 minutes of computer use caused the sleep architecture to change and caused um, memory issues and mood regulation issues the following day compared to two hours of TV use uh, caused some changes in the sleep, um, but it didn't cause any cognition, cognitive issues the following day. So there's marked differences in how the brain responds to passive versus interactive. Now, for passive, if it's a fast-paced cartoon, it's still going to get the child revved up. There's plenty of studies on fast-paced cartoons showing that it causes... Um, you know, executive functioning issues within minutes, especially in little kids. So it's not to say that the child can just sit there and, you know, watch cartoons all day and it's fine. But, uh, and I'm not saying that TV doesn't have its own issues, but definitely the interactive causes more issues with mental health. Well, I think uh, I mentioned predisposition and I mentioned ADHD and autism. We're now looking at gene variants and how they change an individual's can affect change, be neutral or harmful or helpful to the individual. And that kind of predisposition has made it very interesting for us. It's another tool we have in treatment to, to be aware of which types of individuals are more likely to have negative effects, although we're all affected negatively. There are certainly some people that are so resilient there. They're tanks, and they can withstand almost anything. But as a society, we're not getting stronger in that way. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's definitely a huge variation. Uh, so the kids who are the most vulnerable need the strictest limits. Um, and I've seen parents who have a child who has a lot of difficulties and vulnerabilities because the child has so many difficulties, they're super strict and they, you know, keep all the devices away. They keep them off social media. They keep them off their smartphone and everything. And those kids, even though they have, say, learning disorders and other issues, they end up coming out ahead compared to these other kids who have been raised on screens because 
their frontal lobe is functioning so much better and their their social skills are better, they're more responsible. So it's kind of interesting, you know, following these kids over like a 10-year period to see who comes out ahead. Um, but in the meantime, I mean, you know, parents always say, well, they have to be on screens for this and that. Um, so, of course, you want to eliminate everything you can that's entertainment-wise. Um, but also, we know that robust exercise helps resilience and helps integrate the, the brain better. Um, the, the body clock is, because the body clock is such an integral part of the, the screen time effects, it's important to strengthen the body clock and synchronize it, and that can be done by bright light in the morning as well as um, some physical activity first thing in the morning. So, like, the, the NFL, for example, some of their sports, um, some of their teams use these techniques of bright light and intense physical activity first thing in the morning to reset their clocks because they're traveling to different time zones all the time. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. So, and then, of course, you know, things like creativity, being in nature, um, moving more, all of those things help build the brain and, and increase resilience. Yes, and that's what humans <laughs> were designed to do. Uh, right. You know, they didn't just stay in their caves. They were out outdoors and they were active, and things are so different. Uh, so you've your re, your work is so critically important, and I foresee that many of the uh, companies that make our devices are going to be more and more interested in how they can make it so people don't have to purchase separately software or separately something you put on the screen. I've got devices on my devices that I've paid for, and I'm always looking, what what can we do to change the trajectory of a problem that we're seeing? And my best guess is, and I'm a bit of a Pollyanna and an optimist, so you can you can offer another opinion. But my best guess is that we're going to solve that because the people that make the devices want you to buy those devices, and you're more likely to buy them when they brag that they've got screen protection. Uh, do you see that coming, Dr. Dunkley? I think, you know, using technology to solve the problem is, is only going to get us so far. It really is about prevention and delaying exposure in children. So it's, it's, you know, it's one thing for adults who may be on the screen too much but didn't grow up with it, you know, their brain didn't develop with it. They, that's a different story. When, when children are actually developing with it all the way through their, their lifespan, they're going to have much more difficulties, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing, you know, we're seeing kids not be able to function in college or get jobs, um, especially the boys. It's really a problem. Yes. So I feel like the solution really has to be that people are so aware of the impact on mental health and brain development that we really delay exposure to screens and giving them smartphones and things like that until they're late adolescents. I mean, that's really what needs to happen. Um, you know, they can learn a little bit. Like, I like the Waldorf model where they start having a little bit of uh, just computer skills training at age 12. There's no need to start 
this kind of training in preschool, for God's sake. I mean, it's just ridiculous now. It is. So I think that really needs to be um, the solution is that everyone really understands, you know, and, and finally there's some people in the tech industry who are coming forward and saying, yes, you know, this is what we were doing. And maybe because they have their own children now and they're kind of, you know, seeing the light. Um, That's been interesting. I think people are more aware now of that all this technology is there's a dark side. Yes, there is. Okay, well, we're going to continue the conversation. If you've just tuned in with us, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. We're having a fascinating conversation with Dr. Victoria Dunkley, who's a child psychiatrist, and we're talking about her expertise in electronic screen syndrome. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back after this break. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. 7 Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I'm your host for the hour, and we've been having a fascinating conversation about electronic 
Screen Syndrome, ESS, and our subject is the overstimulated child, the impact of screen time on mood, focus, sleep, and behavior. And Dr. Victoria Dunkley has filled us in on the harm that our children are experiencing, adults as well, but our focus is on the children because their brains are developing and they're being affected by the negative effects of screen time, the length, and we wanted to talk a little bit about the content as well. Uh, Dr. Dunkley, how can people get in touch with you and tell us about your book as well? Okay, so my website is drdunkley.com. And there is actually a free email course on there, uh, drdunkley.com slash video games, that kind of goes over the uh, nuts and bolts of, of the program that I use, the Reset program. Okay. Um, and my book is Reset Your Child's Brain, and it's available, you know, everywhere, bookstores, online, Amazon. Good, good. That, that's Reset Your Child's Brain, and they can learn about this on your site uh, wonderful service that you're providing. Uh, so talk about the fast from electronics. <laughs> I love it. Sure. Okay. So, so basically the fast is that it's a three to four week minimum electronic fast or screen fast where we eliminate all interactive screen time. So there's, there's no video games, no computer use, no smartphone use, no tablets, eBooks, whatever. Um, no texting, no nothing. Um, some kids end up, you know, needing a little bit longer than that, but that's basic. Most kids, you know, by four weeks, you can see a huge difference. So what happens is that, um, and we do allow a little bit of TV or movies as long as it's slow paced, about five hours a week we do allow. Uh, so what happens is because all of those systems in the, ner- you know, in the body have been, are out of whack, so what, we ha- what happens with the fast is that we see the body clock resynchronize, the dopamine pathways become sensitized again, so the child can focus on things more easily, um, the stress horm- hormones lower, they start sleeping more deeply, um, and, and what you see is that the child is calmer, happier, they're more engaged, they have better eye contact, um, they start they're more organized, so they start, you know, they're able to get their homework done more quickly. They're remembering to turn it in. So you see a lot of kids, you'll see their grades improve just in those four weeks. Um, and some kids I've seen go up an entire grade level in a month for reading or, you know, some other subject that they're struggling with. Um, so the results can be quite dramatic. And another thing that we see kind of across the board is that the meltdowns go away or they get much, much better. So when the child's dysregulated, um, every single thing is stressing them out. So when you're in that fight-or-flight state and you're in survival mode, every little thing is a huge demand on, on, your, on your brain. So when you shift out of that, things become a lot – their coping skills are so much better. Um, they can handle things like losing a game or, you know, just, you know, their frustration tolerance is much better. So that makes them easier to be around, you know. So um, a lot of times when I'm – telling parents about this, one of the one of the parts of the program is that they have to spend time with the child, obviously doing non-screen activities, but also just the bonding thing is really important too because it's actually the bonding pathways that are hijacked with all these electronics. So it's, that's part of the program is that they have to be spending time with the child. And sometimes the parents like, 
you know, I don't want to spend time with a child because their behavior is so awful right now. But you actually will see their personality change back to the sweet, loving child they used to be. <laughs> so it's really, there's, you know, you see more kindness, more compassion, more empathy. Um, and these are all things that the frontal lobe govern. So it makes sense that once the frontal lobe wakes up again, you, you start to see all, this, all of these things again. It's really a cool thing to see. It is, and it's the work you're doing is exciting, and I'm so happy that you explained this. I can assume that many families have a hard time with this because they've been used to using the devices to keep a child busy or thinking that they're learning through the device and, you know, that that makes it okay. Um, but mm -hmm. you're, you're clearly saying it's not and that the passive, uh, five hours a week, I think is what you said, five hours a week of passive TV time, uh, gives them choices. And if, if parents, I would assume if parents know it's just five hours, the child's going to have to make some really good choices about what show they really want to see as well as yeah. content. And can you talk about content for a bit? I think that's important. Yeah. So just really quick about the TV thing. So we have it. It should be slow-paced TV, non-animated, and they should be watching it together as a family. That's kind of, and it should be from on a TV from across the room, not on a, you know, not on the iPad or laptop. Right. It should be that, like that. Um, but content, yes, this is, this is one of my issues as well. Um, so a lot of parents, a lot of parents I see that their, their child only does educational stuff. And, um, it really, the brain doesn't know any different. So it, functionally speaking, the educational content impacts the brain the same way as all the other content. You know, obviously things like violent video games are worse. Um, but for, you know, all intents and purposes, parents should not be sold on the fact that it's educational content because it's still dysregulating the nervous system. And there's no proof that any of this educational content is, is superior or even equal to um, learning from having hands-on stimulation and in, interacting with the environment and face-to-face -face conversation and eye contact and nature. We, those are all the things we know are the way that children learn and the way their brains develop and the way their brains become more resilient. So, you know, parents have really been, and schools have been sold this bill of goods that, that they can, um, you know, boost their child's brain by using all this educational content. Does that mean, you know, you can't learn from a computer? Of course you can learn from some of these things, but it's really kind of um, more like fact-based learning or, and it, it doesn't seem to hold and it doesn't seem to, transfer to real life skills and that's what's important yes life skills real life skills yes um mm -hmm. you've described that very well uh can you fill us in on more information i know that we could spend a couple hours on this subject but uh perhaps you you could go back over some of what we covered in the beginning for those who didn't have the advantage of hearing the first part uh, it's just so important. So could you give us an overview again? Sure. So you mean about the effects? Yes. Okay. So when, when every time a child is exposed to screen time, interactive screen time, the, 
the nervous system interprets that as a form of stress. So the fight or flight system is triggered and that happens um, via the reward pathways being activated, which all of the software is, you know, very, there's very sophisticated engineering programs to keep the child on the screen and activate those reward pathways. Um, and that causes the dopamine, um, to, but dopamine to be released, and then those pathways kind of get worn out and desensitized to dopamine. Another thing that happens is the body clock becomes desynchronized because there's so much light coming from the screen, in, you know, in particular the blue and white tones throw off the body clock, and that in turn suppresses melatonin, which is not only helps us sleep, but also controls inflammation and hormones. Um, and then we have, because there's so much intense sensory input, that also causes um, increased arousal and the stress response or fight or flight. Um, so all of these things kind of combine synergistically to raise arousal levels, and that really puts the, the brain into a state of stress. And when this happens day in and day out, the child is in a state of chronic stress, and then you start to see brain changes. So the blood flow actually shifts from the front part of the brain or the frontal lobe, the part that makes us you know, human, to the more primitive and deeper parts of the brain that are really just for survival. So you, you literally see the child behaving in a more primitive way. That is frightening. So yeah. as the blood flow changes, we get toward more primitive behaviors. Now, exactly. we, we know that there are many drugs that accomplish that, uh, that some people go back to horrid, um, just savage uh, reactions on drugs and do terrible things. But here, there's no drug. It's the screen time that can change the blood flow to the brain. And I think that's probably something new for our listeners. Uh, uh, do you talk about that in your book? Yes, absolutely. Um, that is a huge, that's the, like the main focus of the book is really that this, it shuts down the frontal lobe. That's basically what screen time does. And what we're seeing now with, there's imaging studies we have now on video game addiction and internet addiction, where we know there's actual brain damage, and guess what? The brain damage is in the frontal lobe. So we see um, the imaging studies show that there's atrophy in certain areas. The white matter is also affected, and the white matter um, is the connective tissue that connects the different parts of the brain and the brain to the body. It's more spotty or um, fragmented. There's the cortex is thinner. Um, there's, there's a bunch of different findings they've seen on these imaging studies, and they look just like alcohol and drug drug use. So I, that was, you know, you say there's no drug, but really the eyes are part of the central nervous system. Yes. So when you impact the eyes, you're directly affecting the brain. So that's kind of why um, we're seeing this damage is because, you know, the, the screens are really directly accessing the nervous system. Yes. Well, we have to have you back on the show again. Uh, your work is excellent. It's needed. And I hope it expands and, and perhaps the listeners will share with friends getting onto your site, Dr. Buckley, Dr. Dunkley, excuse me, dot com, D-U-N-K-L-E-Y, or did I spell it correctly? D-U-N-C-K-L-E-Y. L-E-Y. 
And yeah. also the book. Uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful resource. Thank you for sharing all this information with us. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much, Dana. I appreciate you having me. Yes. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support Support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village. Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to today's final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I do want to tell you about Dr. Joseph Pizzorno and his team of leading experts creating IQU, that's I-Q-Y-O-U, as a powerful AI tool that utilizes cutting-edge technology to help you best understand your unique nutrient needs, toxicity levels, disease risks, and genetic susceptibilities. So by assessing your diet and lifestyle habits, lab results, and genomics, you can figure out what is the best diet, best area of supplementation for you. And this is really individualized medicine. This is what people have envisioned for a long time. And it's finally here. It's IQU. And you can visit 
www.iquhealth.com to receive your complete blueprint of your health. And a reminder that we're here every Sunday morning. I'll be here again with you next week talking about nutrition and healthy living. Now, I did want to go into autism. April is Autism Awareness Month. And you might have heard some of this before. I'll just go over some of the general. In the past, the evolution of the autism theory was that it was just due to cold mothers. They called it refrigerator mother, uh, mothers that did not care. And then that finally uh, was not recognized, but it took too many decades that that was the theory. And so many children didn't get treated appropriately. Then they went into that it was a psychiatric educational disorder, and that was the focus. And then finally, into biomedical disease. And just to give you the frequency, when I first got involved in this subject, there were one in 2000, and that was before 1980. Now it's one out of 45. And when I think of how rapidly that changed, it really is jaw-dropping. And we need to sit back and think, and everybody asks me, why? Why is there such an increase in autism? Some people say, well, it's just more liberal, spread-out diagnoses. That's partially true, but that's only true for a small percentages percentage of the actual increases and we talked about epigenetics uh, we talk about it a lot on the show when we look at autism we're looking at total load it's what you come into the world with and what happens to it we also call it environmental modification of gene expression So if you look at that total load, it involves the resistance, your innate health status, genetic predispositions, positive or negative. It also involves the environment, and that's diet, water, lifestyle, exposures, toxins, EMFs that we talked about today, electronic screen exposures, both for children. It's much more impressive on children than it is on adults. So then what is epigenetics? In the mid-90s, it was, it was discovered that gene variants can have plasticity. They may be neutral. They may be harmful. They may be helpful. The difference is what we do to ourselves. And it starts in the womb with the womb environment, and it continues It involves everything we're exposed to, including toxins, medications. And in the medication area, there are, among children with autism and, to a lesser extent, children with ADHD, their predispositions are stronger for being affected by medications. What that means is they don't handle meds as well as someone else. They may take a normal dose and get a toxic effect. And there are tests that can be done that can tell parents and tell the individuals exactly what group 
of medications are going to cause problems, be the likely ones to cause problems, and what would be safer. And we do use genomics uh, now in treating because instead of just family history, which we've always Uh, We take a good, strong family history, but when we have the gene variants, we've got who that patient is right then and there. And to me, that's powerful. Are we at the ultimate? Nope. (laughs) We're at the beginning. And I hope I can be around 20 more years because we're going to see individualized health care, individualized medical treatment really come into its own. I've been waiting a long time for it, and we're in the beginning of it. So in epigenetics, if you're exposed to a lot of toxins, a lot of stressors, it's anything that stresses you. It can be chemicals. It's the food, a poor diet, additives. We've had since in the last 200 years at least 69,000 man-made chemicals released into the environment without testing. Only 200 200 have been tested, and that's according to the EPA. 16 to 17,000 are kept secret from all agencies, all individuals, all countries, all governments. And that allows the manufacturers to put them out. Testing is voluntary, and if the manufacturers test, they have to release the results of those tests. So, They're not encouraged uh, to do this. Now, it's due to a Toxic Substances Control Act that was back in the 1970s, 1976 specifically. I call it the Protect the Manufacturers of Toxins Act, which is exactly what it did all of these decades. And, you know, if you ban a substance, it doesn't have legs. It doesn't walk away. It can't crawl out of your body. And it's in the food you eat, it's in the soils, it's, it's, it's been overwhelming, totally overwhelming. So when we say total load, this is part of the total load. Now, let's look up um, what, what about the individuals. And we had some interesting information. We did some soft studies, and then we did some really thorough studies And one soft study just looked at women preconception and prenatal when they took vitamins. And women who started preconception and went through uh, prenatal supplements uh, through the pregnancy, they had the lowest risks of autism. Now, for the mothers that had genes that make the, the child more susceptible to autism, they still were better than mothers with those same genes who didn't supplement. And then when they add the child's genetics into that picture, again, the mothers who took supplements prior to getting pregnant through pregnancy had a lower rate of autism, though higher rate of autism than the mothers who didn't have any predisposition and who were carrying babies who did not have predisposition. Very soft study. Another interesting one was identical twins. So when we talk about environment, we talk about womb environment. So they were identical John had severe autism. He had surgery at three months, anesthesia, and strong medications. His brother, Sam, has high-functioning autism, 
And he had no problems at birth. Was no, there were no surgery, no medications. So here are identical twins with predisposition. One descends into severe autism, the other not. And we see this, we've seen this often. Um, it's, it's overwhelming. And I participated in a study that went on for more than a year on treating children with autism with appropriate supplements based on their test results and using the gluten-free, casein-free, soy-free diet. And the results were fascinating. There was improvement. And many people, when they look at studies, the way science scientists like to study something is one factor at a time. That's like putting the quarterback out to play the football game against the other, the other team, and he does not have his team. So your assumption would be that quarterbacks are lousy. And no matter how many quarterbacks you look at, they're all going to be lousy. And that sounds stupid uh, and, and foolish, but this is unfortunately the way the medical community has looked at evaluating treatments when there's synergism. We know that magnesium alone is not enough. You need B6. We know that synergism is important, and autism is particularly a condition that has many factors underlying it, including innate ones, and as I mentioned, environmental modification of gene expression, the environment. So we have a lot of issues to look at when we treat patients. We get them on organic diets. We try to get them to clean up their environment, clean up the water, clean up the household. It's not always easy, but this is how we're going to get the best results. Then we evaluate them for their deficiencies. We do organic acid analysis, stool analysis, amino acid analysis, toxic metals, and healthy minerals. And we really do a workup, and that workup can uh, also include an autoimmune workup, vitamin D testing, zinc testing, it's extremely thorough. Now we know who the patient is and what they need. But I always say this, we don't treat paperwork, we treat patients. So what the patient has wrong in the way they present with their symptoms is what counts. So I, I want you to tune in next Sunday and I'll talk some more about autism and the importance of autism awareness and the changes in treatment. And we are getting recoveries. So I want to thank you listeners for being with us and just remind you that it's not the number of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.